0: Welcome to the Christchurch Oceanside Podcast, a faith community on Vancouver Island within the Anglican Network in Canada. We invite you to check out our website at ChristchurchOceanside.ca, or if you're on Vancouver Island, join us on the Sunday in the news bay. Today's message is brought to you by our pastor, Father Ryan Matchett. We hope you enjoy. Bless you. Our reading is from the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 8 beginning in verse 1 and ending with verse 4. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, and saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to you, Lord Christ. Well, friends, welcome back to the Christ Church Oceanside podcast. Sorry I wasn't with you last week. Jesus decided that in order to prepare me to teach on him cleansing the leper that I needed to go through a very specific experience that I needed to get shingles. So I've been out of commission the last 10 days or so um, in terms of teaching and stuff like that. But um, I'm back today and we are going to continue our studies here of Matthew by moving into chapter 8, finally. And so where we find this story is coming down from the mountain, where they've received Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, his new law as revealed in Jesus. And I can't help but think that the crowds must have been asking a few different questions. Can Jesus do what he promises? Like what he has taught us, can he truly fulfill it? Can he really save humanity from the evil that's within us? Because this is what the Sermon on the Mount does. It makes us go, man, I am mean, nowhere close to this. I need a savior. I need, I need a savior to make this possible, to save me from sin and save me unto goodness. And can Jesus do that? Can he cleanse me from sin and the effects of sin? Can he truly make me able To fulfill this beautiful vision, this new law. The reality of evil and sin's power and the law of sin at work in humanity is awaiting Jesus and the crowds of people at the base of the mountain. Because at the base of the mountain is this man, a leper. And so that's where our story begins today, is in verse two, really. And behold, a leper came. To Jesus. Now, leprosy in those times spoke. It had a message. And I think for a lot of people, they watched the terror of this disease and just felt like this must mean something, that it was a statement. Now, leprosy or Hansen's disease, as we call it now, is a bacterial infection that leads to nerve damage problems with the respiratory system and your skin and your eyes and your soft tissue. It starts out with like tingling and then red insensitive, insensitive patches of skin. And that's important because that's different than what I had with shingles is the opposite. It's like so inflamed, the virus attacks the root of your nerve system in a certain area of your body leprosy does the opposite it it makes a patch of skin insensitive and your like fingers and limbs and stuff like that become insensitive and there's nerve problems in the hands the feet and then there's tissue loss from infection and it is contagious but i think what it speaks to is this like Feeling that inside of us all, there is this potential for darkness. This sin eats sensation. Pleasure and pain are numbed by sin and then infected and separated separates parts of you from yourself. And this is what this disease does, is that you lose the ability to feel pleasure or pain in an extremity. Then it gets hurt, and you don't notice it. And it gets infected, and then you lose it. That's essentially how this works. But attached to that is this significant social stigma. And even today, they talk about how the biggest difficulty in treating leprosy is that people don't want to tell anyone that they haven't. And so there's a social ostracization for fear of transmission and an expulsion. So in these times, the leprosy diagnosis would come with full-on legal warrants for arrest or for banishment. That's how seriously they took it. But for that New Testament Jewish community, leprosy represented and witnessed to the reality of humanity's sinful nature. Always brewing just below the surface. This disease in all of us looking to devour and destroy. Now with that came very specific rules around the temple. Because if you had leprosy, you were considered unclean. You were ceremonially unclean, but also morally unclean. That It was viewed as causal. You must have leprosy because you are doing or have done bad things. An example of that in the Old Testament is actually Miriam, Moses' sister, is struck with leprosy at one point because of gossip and dissension. So there's this connection here that people viewed it as if you're righteous, you have health and wealth. If you are sinful, you have sickness and disease. And it resulted in being removed and shunned from the temple and the society. What's so sad about this, though, is that righteousness then becomes completely out of reach because you cannot even enter the temple. You can't work your way back in until you've dealt with the infection. So here we have this leper meeting Jesus and the crowd at the base of the mountain. And it says the leper came to him and knelt before him. So here, after all these years... This man has lived in and with his condition. He sees and hears a way being offered in Jesus that he believes applies to him. Which is important because, again, I I, I touched on this quite a bit when we walked through the Sermon on the Mount. But I think there's this assumption in the church that when people hear this standard of goodness that Jesus lays out, that they're going to be turned off from it. What we see here instead is that when people hear it from Jesus, they feel it resonates with the soul going, this is possible for me because of the mercy and grace and love of Jesus. This isn't a disembodied law. This is an embodied vision for human life that I that is calling to me that Jesus is somehow making this possible for me. And so, here where all of society has pushed this man out, the temple has pushed this man out, the law has pushed this man out, his family has pushed this man out, and Jesus in his high standard and vision of goodness draws him in. Isn't that fantastic? It just lays a, a, a foundation of equality amongst all people. That not just this man, is broken. or all broken. And so the way of Jesus offers hope to those who have no hope, those who have no other solutions, and no ability to change themselves. So when he shows up at Jesus, he does something profound and appropriate. He kneels. And his kneeling before Jesus says three things. The first thing is, it says, I have nothing. It's a humble honesty. I am a wreck. And my whole life, all these plates that have been spinning, I'm tired, I'm worn out, and I'm running out of strength. The second thing he's saying is, you have everything. So he gets low, which raises Jesus. You have everything. And thirdly, I am at your mercy. Now listen to this next statement that comes out of his mouth. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. What a profound statement. Let's break it up into the three sections. Lord, in this moment the man makes Jesus his king. And this is really what Jesus is doing is that he's on the Sermon on the Mount, he's represented God's heart, God's character, God's vision, God's law for human goodness. This is what created order looks like. But now, as he comes down from the mountain, his full humanity, he's challenging the evil that's at work in the world now, where the rubber meets the road. And here in this moment, this leprous man, under the power of sin, death, and darkness, and the devil, sees Jesus and says, That's my king. You are my Lord. You are the reality that defines who I am. And so I call you my king. This deals a massive blow to the usurper, to the devil, and his influence and power over this man just by calling Jesus Lord. Then he goes on. If you will, it's a submission to Jesus's will. Whatever you determine to do is best. So it's a beautiful trust, and it's a general, overarching trust. You are Lord, and you, whatever your will is, your will be done. That's what I want. I almost wonder if the leper is drawing from the language that Jesus gave in the Lord's Prayer because he had just taught on this. The third piece, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. No other system, religion, plan of effort, etc., could make this man clean. But he knows that Jesus can. He's convinced of that. All of this is the appropriate response to Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. You are truly Lord, and if you will, You can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. The mercy of Jesus is not just theoretical or a system or a practice. It is a person. This person, Jesus, is reaching out and touching this man. So you've heard this whole vision of the Sermon on the Mount. It's caused some self-reflection, I'm sure, but now you gotta see it. Jesus is reaching and touching. Jesus wants to get into the problem. Jesus wants to touch the spot that we need it most. The sick, the dirty, the unclean, the broken, the lost, the rejected, all of that, Jesus is coming after and grasping investing himself into physical touch, union. That he's not standing far off saying this needs to be better. He's entering into the problem and saying, I join you in it, but I'm giving you mercy. Now, if the touch wasn't enough, he then answers the unspoken question. Are you willing? I know you're able but are you willing to heal me? And Jesus' answer to that is, I will. What a relief that Jesus is speaking to the specific problem that this man is holding, and he's saying, I will. Friends, this is Jesus' always answer. I will. And watch what this looks like. I will be clean. It is a cleansing of the heart and the body. The way of Jesus is good news for the whole person, the spirit of the person and the body of the person. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed, immediately. Interestingly enough, we don't know that the parts of his body that were lost to leprosy were restored because Actually, the lifespan process of leprosy is like twenty. can take up to 20 years before symptoms can really start to show. Likely, what we're hearing here in this description is a cleansing of the bacteria, not a regrowth of, say, limbs or sections of his face that may have been damaged. Likely, he'll continue to carry the scars for the rest of his life. But what we know of the way of Jesus tells us that there are multiple layers of healing available and offered by Jesus. The first and, and, and most important is the cleansing of sin, of the spirit and of the heart. That Whatever sin is in this man is cleansed by Jesus. The cleansing of the body here and now is the second layer. There is real healing for the body available. And the restoration of the body at the resurrection, which Jesus will bring in his second coming. So whatever cleansing has taken place in this moment, whatever still lacking, the brokenness of his body, and the fact that he's still going to die, if this man has true saving faith in Christ, he will share in the resurrection of Jesus at his second coming. A resurrection like Jesus' resurrection. But one aspect is missing, and Jesus showcases it in his next statements. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. The cleansing of Jesus also includes the fulfillment of the law. So it's not just a cleansing of of sin, it's not just a cleansing of the body, and it's not just future restoration. It's also the ability to fulfill the law in the present. Why? I think firstly because his work on the cross had not yet been completed. So he still wants the man to fulfill the temple requirements because he's not yet abolished it through his fulfilling work on the cross and his sacrifice and his resurrection. But it's also a sign of the new life that comes by his grace. It's a system that says, like this this system of the law without Jesus says, you are unclean and sick because you did not fulfill the law, because you didn't do what was right and what was good. And so this is the consequence. All you have to do to escape your uncleanness is prove your righteousness to God and to us by fulfilling the law. But here's the catch. You can't come into the temple to fulfill the law because you're unclean. This is a brutal cycle. So you're in this mess. So what you need to do is to achieve righteousness, but you can't achieve righteousness because you're in this mess. Does that sound familiar? So what does Jesus do that offers something different? By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus cleanses him of sickness. By his full and sinless humanity, Jesus completes all righteousness. And then he commands, enables, and empowers him to go and fulfill the law. So he still wants him to do the good. Why? Because the temple requirements themselves even point to the good news of the way of Jesus. And here's here's what we'll break down a little bit. What are the sacrifices that he goes and gives at the temple? And we'll see how each one of them and the actions that are required by them point to Jesus. Now, there's somebody who can do this better than me. His name is Cyril, and he is the Bishop of Alexandria um, around four AD. Um, sorry, 400 AD. And what he does is he gives us insight into how the early church read and understood the Scriptures and the law and Jewish practices. So I want to read this quote to you, where he kind of breaks it down. What then was the gift that was to be brought by the leper according to the law? Two small birds, one of which the priest killed over running water, taking cedar wood and broken scarlet and hyssop. And the living bird, he dipped them in the blood of the slain bird over running water. He anointed the right ear, hand, and foot of the leper who was cleansed. He sent the living bird outside the city into the open field. Observe, therefore, how perfectly Christ depicts these things for us. By the living bird you may understand the living, heavenly word. By the blood of the slain bird you shall understand the blood of our suffering Lord for whom we say that he suffered in the flesh, rather than in his own body. The cedar is a wood not prone to rot. The incorruptible flesh, the body of Christ, did not see corruption. Hyssop symbolizes the effervescence, activity and power of the Holy Spirit. Scarlet intends the confession of the covenant made with blood. The running water signifies the life-creating gift of baptism. Through this baptism, whoever has become a leper through sin may be cleansed. The sending of the living bird outside of the city teaches us to abandon this world, as did Christ in his ascension into heaven. Having thus come into the presence of God the Father, he makes intercession for all of us, and we therefore shall be cleansed. By the anointing of the leper's right ear, hand and foot, we are taught that we must be in contemplation and in action and in our way of life in touch with divine things. This is how Cyril of Alexandria, great saint of the church, sees Christ. This is a foreshadowing act of this is what ultimately Christ will do in his death, resurrection, and ascension. This is the gospel. So as we come to a close, some things to consider are this. When we look at this story, what's first striking is the humility and faith of the man. That he knows and needs Jesus to do what he promises. And so he comes and kneels before him and says, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Then we see the cleansing power of Jesus, that Jesus is able to separate us from what's killing us. Jesus is able to save us from the life that is destroying us. Next, we see the empowering of Jesus to be able to fulfill the law. That Jesus wants us, that the gospel doesn't just save us from sin, it saves us to goodness. And that this life of true goodness is the ultimate witness to the truth of Jesus. This is why he says, don't tell anyone until you've gone to the priests and let your righteousness, the righteousness that I will give you, be revealed and proven. And I think this is a picture of what the whole Christian life is meant to be. is an honest humility to go, I need help. The saving, cleansing power of Jesus through his cross and his sacrifice to save us from sin. The empowering presence and reality of the resurrection to be able to fulfill the good that we're made for. And then to live a life that is a witness from that goodness this is the way of Jesus in the story of Jesus cleansing the leper my friends this is an invitation to faith in Jesus for the same for you true help true cleansing true salvation true empowerment true purpose and witness according to the person who chooses.